Welcome to Real Talk with Ryman Reason, a space where we're going to explore the relationships that we have with ourselves, our significant others, and the rest of the world around us. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we'll dive into and dissect the stories and narratives we've internalized our entire lives and what it means to fully step into ourselves. And as the mantra around here goes, the apology stops here. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Lauren. And today I have on one of my favorite people ever, my podcast buddy, Jonna, who um, I adore. She's hilarious. She has her own podcast, um, Babbles Nonsense. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's wonderful. Um, so welcome, Jonna. Hi, glad to be here. Yay. So weird on another podcast. <laughs> and speaking of the hosting a podcast, y'all, I'm not the best at it, but Lauren is really good at it, and she has been my co-host for the past year, and now she's got her own podcast. I'm so excited. I know. The tables have turned. (laughs) So. It's so weird being on the opposite side of it. It is. It's like, oh, I want to take control. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Because I'm a control freak, and I can't do anything. Okay. It's okay. I love you. Debatable. Okay. (laughs) So today, we are talking about sex. Let's yep. talk about sex, baby. baby. Yep, exactly. So um, without further ado, let the real talk begin. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, not really, but <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. So We're doing it. We are talking about sex today. And this is something that I have wanted to, one, talk about for a really long time. And like I've wanted us to talk about it for a really long time. You have. You've mentioned it multiple times and I've turned you down. Yes. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But we've had conversations um, just in private, like in our friendship about sex. And I'm like this, like we have connected a lot through, I think, a lot of similar experiences. And I know that there's other people, other women out there that would be like, fuck yeah. Like, it's just something that I don't think, like you said, like nobody talks about because it's hard mm, to talk about mm-hmm. or women aren't supposed to talk about sex. A hundred percent. That's a big one. Like, yep. so it is something where you're like, well, people might hear this that know me. So should we say this? Should we not say that? But you're right. People obviously are talking about sex behind closed doors with their girlfriends, with their spouses, with their significant others or whatever you have it. So why not talk about it on a podcast and people can relate to it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to know why sex is so taboo. Well, actually, I read a book and it's called Clitorate, I think. I'm pretty Clitorate. sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll look that up and give you the actual book. Okay. Um, but it's actually very, um, it gives the history of it. Mm. It's not what you think. Like it's actually like going through sex as a woman and where it came from, like where it's this taboo for women because it came from like obviously in history a long time ago where you weren't, women weren't allowed to be sexual. Like you weren't allowed to show cleavage and you weren't allowed to do all these things, but men were. Yeah. And you, you know, you had to be a virgin when you got married and all this thing. So it kind of made it like you said, taboo. And we can see that on Netflix series, like, what is that, Bridgerton? Mm, where, oh. where the girl doesn't know anything prior okay. to her having sex. Oh my God. <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> this is, it's one of my notes because I'm rewatching it for like the third time right now. Yeah. So. And so like, she didn't know because the women weren't taught because they weren't yeah. supposed to know. So in this book that I read, it talks about the female orgasm and how it's very misunderstood yes. on what it should be or why women have to fake orgasms. 
and things like that. So it's a, I highly recommend it and I'll get the actual name of the, I think that's the name of the book, but I'll get it by the end of the podcast. Okay. Okay. So I think my opinion on why it's so taboo is because it's been made to, um, it's been turned into a power move. It's been a way to control a certain sex. Um, no pun intended. Um, and it's, it's just been this thing that has been held over. It's kind of been held over your head and no, I get what you're saying. It's kind of hard. It's, it's a hard thing to describe and I think it's getting easier in this day and age. Oh, I say yeah. That, I say that as if I'm like 55, but. Well, no, I mean, I'm like, just saying, think like, about. Even when we, when we were teenagers 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. We didn't have YouTube. No. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have all these platforms where we could go and we could learn or we could hear someone talk or speak or whatever. We didn't have that. So literally what we were told within the four walls of our home is what we knew or we learned from our best friend. So that's something that I had tried to say on my podcast on one that I tried to do, but I deleted it. But I think the problem is, and maybe I'm wrong. Our parents grew up in the seventies, the sixties and seventies. And that Mm -hmm. was when sex was very prevalent. Yep. And so I think that shunned them. And then they're like, I'm not teaching my kid this. Like, how dare I do like orgies and all this stuff. So, so then when it came to them being parents to us, it's like, we're not having the birds and the bees conversation. Cause I know I didn't have it with my mom mm, period in a story. Like I, like when I got my period, she didn't say nothing to me about it. Like, I didn't know what it was. I was at my friend's house. I was like, what is going on? Like no education there. Same. And sex education in school. Not good. If you have it, your, your vagina is either going to fall off <laughs> from an STD or you're going to get pregnant and you're going to, um, ruin the rest of your life. Yeah. And so in this book that I was talking about, it's actually funny because they talk about the history of sexual education and how they give the proper anatomy of a man Mm -hmm. and like ejaculation and orgasms with men. But you don't hear them talking about the clitoris as being part of the vagina anatomy, the vaginal anatomy. Yeah, because pleasure, pleasure in a woman not allowed to have it. Exactly. I mean, in other countries, they cut women's clitorises off Mm -hmm. so that they can't experience pleasure. Handmaid's tale. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because this book, I know I keep referencing it a lot, but it does have a lot of what you're describing in it, the history. I can't remember what year because clearly I'm not good at remembering things, but (laughs) But, you're um, doing fantastic. The women back in the day, whatever year it was, would go to the doctors when they would get so angry Mm -hmm. and their, and their husbands would take them to the doctors and be like, she's angry. I don't know why. And he would do a clitoris massage and give her an orgasm. And she was fine. There's actually a show about that. So they lined up at the door. They called it hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all it was, was they hadn't had an orgasm. Yep. Yep. So recommend this book if I could figure out who the fuck wrote it. (laughs) We'll figure it out and then I'll link it. So yeah. Okay. So I would love to know, and I think I know part of it just from us talking, but I would love to know what your journey with sex was in high school as far as education and if you had any experiences or I guess like your feelings and thoughts around it when you were in high school um so I like many people did not have good sex education we went to the same high school it was kind of what I just described earlier but I also had um, two older sisters Mm -hmm. that both got pregnant by the age of 17 I had two older brothers that also got women pregnant by the age of 17 I had not 
had sex I was 15 and I I went to my mom we just had this conversation earlier I went to my mom I was like can you put me on birth control because I don't know what they're doing but I'm not having a baby yeah I'm I'm not like you're still in like their senior year of high school they were pregnant um but then when I so I was in 10th grade and was the first time I lost my virginity um I wasn't ready to um I don't know like and I wasn't forced or anything like that it was just like that was what everybody was doing yeah and I felt that I had to like mm-hmm. I you know like well this is what you do you have a boyfriend I didn't enjoy it which I know your first time's not supposed to be enjoyable but like I think it kind of mentally scarred me a little bit yeah because obviously it's painful you're not really wanting to be in this experience and like as I've gotten older um the only way sex is enjoyable for me is if I'm connecting with the person mentally. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a, if it's a spiritual connection, a soul connection, or whatever. Emotional. You, yeah. Like yeah. I have to have that connection. I'm not, I cannot have casual sex. It's just not in me. I'm not shaming anyone for who can. It's just not for me, but it's also probably because I was taught, like, we don't talk about that. You cannot get pregnant before marriage. You're not supposed to have sex before marriage. That's the things that were said as I was growing up in high school. And like when we were in high school, if people were having sex or pregnant, they were whores, they were sluts. And you know, you didn't want to be that person. Yeah. So, so my experience, um, is similar, but different. I was the youngest of four girls and they all went and did their own thing. Um, they had fun as they should, but as the fourth, I, I think got all the, well, you can't do this. You're not going to do this. Like, we're not going to let you do this because it happened over here. We're going to get it right with you. And growing up in the church, it was a lot of you wait until you're married. You wait until you're married. You wait until you're married. If you don't, then that's really bad for your husband. That's really bad for God. That's bad on you. But why isn't it bad for the man? Well, (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, a hundred percent. Um, But I thought, because this is my naivety, is that everyone thought that way. Boys and girls who were in the church. Same. I thought the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I even thought, like, so my stepmom at the time, she had gotten pregnant at 16. And so I thought, like, wow, like, this is something that, you know, she's expressing to me that's really, you know, I had a promise ring that my parents gave me, like everything. I signed this thing at church that said I would, you know, stay um, a virgin until I was married. And even with my dad, I was like, well, I guess my dad never had sex until he got married. Like legit. That's how my mind <laughs> yeah. thought, because that is all that was given to me because I took people at their word. You would not tell me to do something that you did not yourself do. Yeah. Right. Um, I was really, really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about, really wrong. About that. Yes. Um, so going through high school, that was something that was really important to me because I needed the love and affection from my parents because that's something I craved because I didn't get a lot of. So then that was something that I could control. And also I was so... As a young kid, I was very expressive and I was very creative and I would color my hair. I would wear boys clothes. I didn't care. Like that was just who I was. I was out there. As I got older and started developing, I started receiving comments on my body and people started seeing me as a body and even in my own family like my body was talked about and it made me really uncomfortable. I would have friends that had a different body type and then they would 
say something like, how are you so skinny? Or, and it was constantly shaming something that I was already really uncomfortable about. I did not find myself attractive. I did not think anything other than like, I don't know what to do other than cover up. Um, So that was another reason to like not get close to boys or, you know, when you have a crush on someone, you know, I always made it very clear, like, I'm not having sex. Like, that's off the table. Well, when that's off the table, so is dating. (laughs) Seriously, like, when you're in high school, and I didn't understand. And as an adult, women, girls, are given this impossible task, right? You are supposed to be a virgin, yet you're supposed to be sexual. Sexual. You are supposed to cover up, but also, well, if you don't have a boyfriend, it's because you're covering up, you know, like (laughs) it's, it's all these, um, what do you call like dichotomies? So the way you said, so I also, I didn't, I mean, I think all women have problems with their bodies. Like we talked about that on my podcast. I think that's a thing, but I also, I started developing and I'm pretty sure it was because of the birth control I started. Mm Mm-hmm. And the foods we ate, like I ended up with like deep sized breasts when I was 15 and I have an ass, like, and I had curves, but also had gained weight that my friends didn't gain Mm. where I saw that as a problem. I constantly was being like, people were talking about that in junior high or high school. Like, look at that ass or people would constantly make comments to me. So then it became, well, if I don't have those things, I'm not pretty enough. Yeah. To have the, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I can remember, um, my first real boyfriend was at the very end of my senior year. He was the first guy that like, I really kissed. Um, we didn't have sex, but like we would mess around and he pushed me so hard in the short amount of time. And what he would do is he would push me to do something. And then the next morning he would tell me, because he was a Christian, he would tell me how um, bad and wrong it was that we need to slow down, that this is not okay. Because he had to sit with his feelings throughout the night. Exactly. Exactly. Now you can look back at that. And then the next day it would happen all over again. And that was really, really confusing for me. I was very fortunate. So I had my first boyfriend when I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. Andrew, who rest, RIP, rest his soul. Um, Love Andrew. Super sweet guy, huge Christian. He made it very clear, like, like I know everybody else is doing these things, but, you know, I'm saving myself till marriage and I'm not doing these things. He never once pushed me. We dated until the end of ninth grade. All we did was kiss, like held hands, like super sweet guy. So I was very lucky with my first boyfriend, but then I entered high school, wanted to date the bad boy and he pushed me to do everything. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, Oh, I don't want to do this. But again, you don't, you know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that boyfriend. You're not going to be part of the popular girls. Oh yeah. But then if you do it too much, yeah, you're shamed. And so it's like, where is the, I don't know. And I, looking back, like I understand why they say you shouldn't have sex until you're older and you can understand, like, Mm -hmm. because when you're 15 and 16 years old having sex, like you're not understanding the connection that you're trying to build. And to me personally, it's not about waiting till marriage because marriage is about building a connection. Yeah. So waiting until you find that person that actually respects you, connects to you. That's not all they're looking for. They're not just using you for that. They're actually like, I care about this person. So I want to build this trust. I want to build this relationship. 
I get that now being mm-hmm. older because that's what we look for as adults. I think sometimes I have a really hard time because as I've gotten older, so I didn't save myself for marriage, but my husband was my first and my only. So that is my only experience. If I could go back, I would give myself a a good talking to and be like, girl, get out there. But I don't know. I don't know, Lauren. Um, let me, let me explain why. Okay. Because I think that I know exactly where you're going. Um, sex is this thing that it's not about getting off. It's not about the orgasm. It's literally doing this thing with another human being that is the closest that you can ever really get. I also think there's another side to sex about learning about yourself and learning about pleasure and learning about your body and making it okay in a way that's not taboo. 100%. And I think that it's like if we could find a middle ground between there, um, that would be really beautiful. I just don't know how to do that. But I also think it comes to us, right? So I have friends I talk to and they enjoy sex. They love sex. They talk about sex Mm -hmm. and it's not the connection for them. It's the pleasure for them and go you for, for I, I've talked to my therapist about it. Like it's more of a mental block for me from my first experience Yeah, because of how it was a forced thing. It wasn't pleasurable. So now my mind equates all sex to unpleasurable things. So why would you do that? Yeah. You know, where some people had great experiences. They had a great boyfriend. They had, you know, they had the respect. They had all that. Their friends didn't shame them. Their school didn't shame them. So is it more nature versus nurture? So I think, but that's what I'm talking about is if you were given that space as a teenager, your first experience, if it had been true about you and your pleasure, and it's not about, if it could be in a different context, if it could be about two individuals and not having to do this thing for this person because I like them and I need to do it. And it's what is expected expected, of me. And it could be more about, well, I want to do this because I feel ready and I want to explore my body and I want to know what this feels like. Fuck you. If you don't enjoy it, I don't care. But this is really like, I'm here with you. Like, I hope you enjoy it. I hope I enjoy it. (laughs) And it's like, I wish that we could have that more as a society. 100%. But I think the way to start changing that is things like this podcast and start expressing yourself. (sighs) Like we have to stop faking orgasms, right? If it's Mm. not feeling good, tell the person like, that's not like, it's not that I'm not enjoying it, but it's not that I'm, you know, it's just not the best, Yeah, you know, but that's one thing that it's hard because you don't want to feel like someone else is not enjoying themselves. So that's where it's like when do you draw the line and like in this book that I keep referring to she's like stop doing that like from day one do not do that yeah if someone is not pleasuring you or if someone's like well does this feel good and it's not say no well as a as women as girls we are not taught to um speak well to even have needs we're not taught to have needs we are taught to um, abandon ourselves and our needs. And so then we need to show up and be what someone else needs for them. 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's in anything, right? Like you're a mom, but you're also a student, Mm -hmm. but you're also a wife. You're also a daughter, you're a sister and you're a friend. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to have eight legs like an octopus to get all that done. Yeah. So yeah, some of it just doesn't get done. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you yeah. see where I'm going with that. So yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so 
I want to talk a little bit about what sex was like as a girl and how boys are taught around sex. This is something that um, really gets me going because I see how men have, I don't want to even say that they have healthy relationships with sex. They do. But they have permission around sex. So when I was growing up and my stepbrother was, God, is he four years? He's four or five years older than me. Mm -hmm. So he was in the house and I, I lived in the house and we had separate bedrooms and I was 15. No, sorry. I was 18. I don't fucking know. Anyways, we were both teenagers and... I wasn't allowed to have my door closed with a boy over. Mm-hmm. Um, we were to be sitting above the covers. We couldn't be under the covers. Most of the time, they wanted us to be in the living room. But my brother could bring a girl home, shut the door. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. So that in itself alone was already being like, well, Johnny, you can get pregnant. Well, he can get someone pregnant too. And yeah. he did. Yeah. So anyway, so that alone in itself is the difference I experienced from a very early age. But then you think about Playboy and pornography. That's all geared towards men, right? Mm -hmm. So even pornography, when you look at women in pornography, they have huge breasts, tiny waists, big asses. Um, They're gorgeous. I've seen porn. The Mm -hmm. women are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the expectation of sex. And when you see the sexual acts in porn... That is the expectation in your marriage, your spouse, your whoever you're involved with, if you're just having sex with, that is the expectation is to look like porn. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's not real life. No. I mean, we can look at that in any spectrum. Like, if you're just watching a TV show, that is not real life. No. No. It's not even close. But that sets the expectation. Yes, And that's does. why I feel like it's okay for men because all those things are readily available for them. Yeah. It's almost to me for like boys, it's the whole boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's expected. It's a playground. And this is on my notes when I was, I wrote down about Bridgerton is how the boys all, they've all had sex. They all go to their, their clubs. They all have their, um, they all pay for sex Mm -hmm. and that's just, that's what you do. You sow your seeds, you know, you get it out of your system so that when you, marry someone you know you've gotten part of it out of your system and then with the women they literally know nothing they know nothing about their own bodies yeah that I want to set houses on fire of how like mad that makes me yeah because that I mean that's we're not far off from that we're not we're not far off from that and it's like it makes me so angry I think about there's a lot of women that won't look at their vagina yeah. There's a lot of women that are like, what? I have a hard time looking at mine. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, it's just this thing that like, because I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with my body because it's this thing that was objectified. Well, now it's had kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not this thing that it looks a lot different than what it did. Well, fuck, I didn't really care for it back then. Well, sure as hell, I'm not going to like it now. <laughs> um, but back in high school, I can remember... Do you remember like, so th- the style, the jeans were like low riders? Yes, which okay. I fucking hated and yes. that they're making a comeback. Yeah. So Bye. when you sit, <laughs> when you sit down, like a girl's shirt would ride up and you might see an inch of skin. You might see five inches of skin. I can remember they would do this thing at school that if they saw 
any any bit of a girl's back, you would have to go change into like a t-shirt that the school had. And it, <laughs> and it was like leftover shirts from something. Well, I was in, I was a very modest dresser. Like I made sure that things were covered. I, I did not express any type of rebellion at that point. Um, and we were in lunch one day and you know, in the lunchroom, you have like the little stool. Well, you have to lean onto the table. And I think I had, I don't know, like maybe an inch of my skin was showing where my shirt, because I was literally leaned over. And a teacher t- came up to me in the middle of the school, like the cafeteria, and was like, you need to go change your shirt. It's not nice. Like the way that they do it is not nice. It is not like, uh, it is in front of everyone. Yeah. And I had to go put on this baggy ass t-shirt that said I got in trouble for, it didn't say this, but it's this, everyone yeah. wore the same yeah. shirt. Because, it's like the scarlet letter. Exactly. It's like you knew what happened. Exactly. Even when they, like if you're, if they thought your skirt was shorter than it should be, mm-hmm. you had to get measured with a ruler in front mm-hmm. of everybody against your locker. Go change. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So it's because like, heaven forbid we cause any type of thought in a boy's mind. Like we are responsible for what they think. Which goes into rape, right? So how many people who have been raped or sexually assaulted and it was the woman's fault for wearing the clothes mm-hmm. she wore mm-hmm. or she shouldn't have been where she was. She shouldn't have been in that situation. It wasn't the person who raped her, heaven forbid, held someone down and had sex with them unwillingly. Yeah. It was the person. What did she do? Yeah. What, what, what did she do? I can remember, and this is nothing against my dad. So, um, but my dad would tell me in high school, Lauren, you don't understand the thoughts that boys have. Like you don't get it. You don't understand the testosterone, blah, blah, blah. Well, then maybe they should control their fucking thoughts. Yeah. How about that? How about we teach our boys how to control their motherfucking thoughts? How about that? It's also (laughs) like, okay, but girls have thoughts too. Girls have urges too. Like, but that is never spoken to. It's almost this thing that boys cannot control themselves and that is bullshit I'm sorry like which when you think goes into cheating Mm. because then men are like well this is just how men are we Mm -hmm. need sex well how much fucking sex do you need yeah like yeah and then it goes into the 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 people saying well we're not supposed to be monogamous creatures Mm -hmm. We're we're not supposed to be well how much are we or are we not yeah like well it's because um boys are uh, intimacy is withheld from boys as children, right? It's, I don't need to coddle you. You need to, um, rub some dirt on it and get over it. You need to stop crying. You don't need to show emotion. Intimacy is withheld. So when they get older, sex, porn, any of that, that is where they find intimacy. And that is, that is how they get that feeling, but there is no intimate feelings held for the other person it's just them going in and grabbing what they need for themselves but there's no awareness around that gotcha that makes sense yeah I never thought about it that way but that makes sense yeah so okay so I want to stop us here because we are about to record an episode for Jonna's podcast and um I don't want to get into too much because we'll probably cover some more on hers um so Jonna Thank you so much for coming on and being here with me. You know how much I love you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was a great, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I thought it was going to get a little bit, 
<laughs> more risque and I was like oh god I don't know I don't no. know how to do this I don't know okay so not as bad as I thought so everyone um we're gonna go jump on my podcast Babbles Nonsense and kind of continue the conversation mm-hmm. but in a, a different, different way yeah it may not be mostly about sex but it's gonna be about like relationship what would you do type shit love it okay <laughs> bye <laughs> okay thank you so much for spending this time with me um As always, I hope you have a good rest of the day and until next time, see ya.